Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of the Lancet Oncology Podcast. My name is Nikolai Humphreys. Today, we are going to discuss a policy review on cancer in refugees in Jordan and Syria between 2009 and 2012. I'm very excited to be joined on the line from Geneva by Paul Spiegel, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees and author of today's policy review. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you, Nikolai. It's a pleasure to be here. Could we start the proceedings by hearing about the background of this study? Certainly. This study began actually with the Iraqi refugees, as you mentioned, in 2009, 2010. And what occurred is we noticed that there was there was a demand for cancer treatment amongst these groups, and we had to develop ways to ensure that there, with limited amount of funds, that we could equitably uh, provide such treatment to the best of our abilities. Thanks, Paul. And how did you go about gathering the data on the refugees that had cancer? So what what we did is we, as as many of your listeners will know, most of our systems are set up for sub-Saharan Africa, more of the uh, the developing countries, and this is a middle-income country. So with the Iraqi refugees, we set the system in place, which is called an exceptional care committee. We work with the government and, and various partners, uh, different non-governmental organizations and international organizations, and we we agreed on a, in a certain level of care that can be done without permission uh, and then at a certain uh, cost. And then when the cost is beyond, and it, it varied between $1,000 to $2,000 per, per year, we would then refer these people to what's called the Exceptional Care Committee that it consisted of a UNHCR doctor and generally an oncologist and an internal medicine doctor from the country itself. And from there, we would we set up objective criteria dealing with prognosis, vulnerability, and cost. And then this group would review all of the various files and then have to make which are very, very difficult decisions about with a limited amount of money we have for that quarter to decide who was going to receive treatment and uh, who would not. Thank you. And what exactly did your study show? Well, our study showed a couple different aspects. It didn't, firstly, what it did not show, it didn't measure the prevalence or incidence of cancer. So we're not commenting on that aspect. Primarily what we're commenting on is that we, a, a, it showed that a very objective and transparent way of deciding who would be able to get treatment for cancer and other very expensive diseases needs to be put in place early on from an emergency it also shows that there was a significant amount of, of cancer um, uh, amongst the Iraqi and the Syrian refugees, and that the breast cancer was the highest, followed by colorectal cancer. And uh, those two together ca- accounted for a significant amount, uh, nearly a majority of the, uh, nearly 50% of the actual cases. In your opinion, what can be done to help lower the cancer burden in refugees and on host countries? Um, there are lots of different issues and, and interventions that can be done. Number one is to really emphasize prevention, and this unfortunately in many of the countries where we work, this emphasis does not occur both for the national populations and for the refugees themselves. So everything from mammograms to pap smears to diet education to anti-smoking campaigns, that would make a very big difference for both the refugees and the national, uh, national population. Secondly is that we 
refugees and even many of these health systems in these parts of the world have a limited amount of funds and they have to be one has to be decide how to what is the best way to provide the funding to the to help the most uh, the largest member the largest amount of people in the population and so there could be other ways to consider some innovative financing um, that has not been used until the last few years in amongst refugee populations such as working to see uh, the possibility of having health insurance. We've done this now in a variety of countries from Iran with the Afghan refugees to even Congo with the refugees in, in Kinshasa. It can be sometimes an expensive undertaking, but uh, many refugees have ways to, to have livelihoods and some can pay for themselves and some um, can be paid from elsewhere. And then finally, there needs to be some sort of regional database because it's extremely difficult when people are on uh, chemotherapy of some sort or radiotherapy, then they have to flee a country to another country. They don't have their medical records. Sometimes we don't know what the treatment is and how to ensure continuity. And some sort of uh, regional confidential database would improve the efficiency of such treatments. Some would argue that there are more pressing concerns for refugees in the countries to which they go than non-communicable diseases like cancer. So what exactly needs to be done next? Yes, I mean, I, as, as with everything, uh, it depends on the context. And, but I would argue, firstly, in, in, uh, we're seeing many more humanitarian emergencies in middle-income countries where non-communicable diseases are actually more prevalent, not just cancer, but diabetes, various renal disease, hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, etc. So it depends on the context. But also, as more and more of the, the world is developing in a positive way, as medical treatments and di investigations and treatments become available, we are clearly seeing cancer, amongst other non-communicable diseases, are very, very important in, uh, in many developing or all developing countries. And as an example, we have numerous refugees all over sub-Saharan Africa, and they're often Sometimes they are in camps in, in relatively remote areas and where the diagnostics are not there and the treatment are not there. But if we transposed those people to Nairobi from, uh, or, or any capital from a remote area, even with the same disease incidence and prevalence, you would start to diagnose the uh, cancers and then treatment could be available simply just because of the availability of uh, diagnostics and treatment in these, uh, in these areas. Paul Spiegel, thank you for taking the time to speak with Lancet Oncology. Pleasure.